everyone. Welcome back to the Gray Area Podcast. This is episode 140. And this is a little bit of a, a shake-me-up, as you might say, because I've been a guest on another person's show. So I attended a really cool live stream with Anxiety. Her name is Marie, and she's a wonderful advocate for the mental health community. She has a book coming out shortly called Well, That Explains It. Uh, it's a compilation of research, personal essays, cool stuff like that coming out on Amazon. I'll have a link to that in the bottom on the show area as well. But Marie was really cool. We had a good conversation about community, mental health, myself, etc. So this is essentially me sharing that show with you because strange to be on the other end of the table. I'm also going to be at PAX East in Boston this year. I think it's the 27th weekend of February. And I'm really excited. I have a lot of interviews booked with some great developers. Hopefully they will be guests on the show later. And uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of games. So here we go, episode 140, and I'll see you if you're in Boston. Hey everyone! Hi everyone! It's Anxiety! I am on tonight with the beautiful, wonderful, incredible Genesee Gray. Uh, we will be talking about all kinds of gaming stuff, development, burnout, community management, all that, all that in a nutshell. But most importantly, we are here to hang out with you, uh, talk to you, give you the opportunity to also ask questions relevant to all this. So please don't forget to use exclamation and the letter Q as soon as I open that Q up to ask your questions. One question will be added to the Q at a time. Y'all are wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Genesee! Oh my gosh. <laughs> I met Genesee uh, when we were both on a panel together for the first international Toronto International Game Summit on mental health in Toronto. Okay, that's the correct way to put those words. It's a long name, right? It's, it's like really Tiggs. Long. Tiggs, what does it stand for? Tiggs. Tiggs. It's Tiggs. Yeah. It, oh, Toronto's first. Anyway, you guys, <laughs> y'all get it. Y'all get it. It's fine. It's fine. Oh my gosh. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Should I be looking at questions? I just trust you're just going to ask me relevant yeah, things. Uh, I'm so not I'm even going to Yeah, so I'm going to ask you questions. I will filter through the chat for you. Uh, it is mostly us chatting. And then at the end, if there's questions, we kind of, we go through all of them. If a lot of them, if something comes up beforehand, we'll let you know. Uh, like if something comes up that's like super relevant to the conversation, we'll let you know. Ooh, cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for those sparks, SPSM chat. Okay, um, yeah, tell us about yourself. Oh, okay. So summary in a nutshell. My name is Jesse Gray. I am a community manager. My official title is communications manager, special ops, uh, currently for a games publisher called Good Shepherd Entertainment. And I also have a podcast on the side, which it's called the Gray Area Podcast, and basically talk to developers. It's kind of like inside the actor studio. If you want to know about their lives and inspirations and why they got into the games that they're making currently, so those those are the things that you know might be relevant to this conversation <laughs> that are immediately important, immediately relevant, that are immediately relevant. She's also like a badass and just a super funny and and nice person to be Aww, around. And I love it. your brain, and I love. <laughs> 
I, I would like to, not in the sense that like I would like to eat your brain, which I'm glad that I, that's where I took that, but in the sense of like, I think it has a lot of like delicious just thoughts. Like I had really deep conversations with Genesee. It was amazing. Hey, that's really uh, nice. But yeah, you. so what brings you, why mental health? Why is that important at all in what you're doing? I know it's a rhetorical yeah. question. Just go with me. Well, I mean, it's important for me personally and then professionally. So they're kind of two sides of the same coin, if you want to say. So for myself, I've been struggling with mental health issues since like before people knew what mental health issues were. Back in my day, we didn't know what mental health was. No. <laughs> so that's something I, anxiety, depression, occasional panic attacks, all that stuff has really been like a factor for me. And it's one of those things you have to overcome as you grow in your profession, as you grow in life, etc. So it's it's been something that I thought I was just dealing with on my own and then kind of discovered in the last few years is it became more popular in the industry that people would actually open up about this stuff that it was acceptable to share you know how you're feeling any of your medical stuff it it became obvious that this is a problem that plagues a lot of creative people and it seems you know somehow to be tied to that in a lot of ways in my very unprofessional opinion uh that you know creative people, people that are artistic or, you know, game developers in particular, people that are writers, etc., cetera, um, have that kind of uh, emotional mentality. And sometimes that's tied with mental illness, unfortunately. So I see it a lot in my profession and myself. Do you think, what do you think happened? What, like, what was the shift that people suddenly started talking about it versus not really talking about it before? I think it's generational. Okay. Um, I'm from small town Hickville, nowhere right you know my city has like 1200 people it's like that's that's where i'm from so when i grew up it was like oh well you better go to church because there's a demon in your life of course well that's right. why you're depressed if you right. just knew jesus jesus would tell you not to be sad ever again <laughs> well fortunately that's not the case <laughs> but you know but it's one of those things that you if you had any kind of you just sucked it up, you know, my little German community, suck it up, move on, do it. And that's sort of the generation that my parents and grandparents were raised in. So I think that it wasn't really, I mean, they had big problems like the depression, et cetera, like literal depression um, to worry about. So I don't think people had the time to kind of focus like on their interior during those times. And now that we're fortunately in a place where, you know, we have a little more um, success, a little more, you know, financial flowing in our society, we can kind of take the luxury, I guess, of looking at ourselves and dealing with some of the, the things that are in our generation, which I think has been there, but now people can take the time to actually pay attention to it and acknowledge that it's a problem. So it's not that it wasn't an existing issue before. It's just a matter of that we like have the emotional bandwidth to actually address it. That's my opinion. Again, completely unprofessionally. I'm but... asking for your very unprofessional opinion, or <laughs> yes. I would have had a professional person Go on. Ahead. I want to know. I want to know everybody's opinion on that. Yeah. yeah. So that's my opinion. Um, and it was one of those things that you you don't you're you're focused on survival. You're focused on making a living. You're focused on taking care of your family. You don't open up about. It wasn't like you get a job because you love it. You get a job because it pays well and it takes care of your family. And that was kind of the way things were. So now, fortunately, it's it's a little bit different. And I think that's one of the reasons we're hearing about it more. Or the fact that things are worse. It could be worse. It but could I'd be like to worse. Believe it we're could just, be worse. It, it could be worse. I just like to believe that we're now in a position where, where you can think about it. I think it's a little bit of both. I think I think we've just we're, we've come to a place where we're talking about it, but it also brings it enough to the forefront where people are no longer just 
sucking it up and then having it come up negatively in other aspects of their life. So like rates of divorce or like there's a lot of other things that that proportionately are down with people taking better better care of their mental health. But that also means that other things are up like suicide rates and depression rates and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. 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 Is that purring? Do I hear purring? It, I'm sorry. He's Don't be loud. sorry. No, that's so cute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is Freddie. Let's see if I can tilt my camera down a little. Oh, this is Freddie. He's Freddy my uh, he's my Siberian cat that really just likes to be involved in everything that he shouldn't. And he knows no. that I'm talking to you, so he shouldn't really. No, he should be involved in anything he wants to be, and he can have anything <laughs> he wants. He's like, oh, there's a microphone right there. He's, Let me sit. He's so cute, but you could do ASMR <laughs> with just him purring into the stream. That would be, so I could be like a relaxation podcast. It totally is. You just though. hear him like purring. Yeah. I think there is one like that, strangely. I'm, I'm sure there, I can hear him right now and it's giving me little ASMR tingles. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> and I don't get ASMR easily. So that's really, uh, it's really cute. Okay. Uh, what were we talking about? Games or something? Game development? I don't know. Something games. Something, people. something games, people, people yeah. not burning out. Uh, but yeah, so we're talking about it more now and it's a generational thing. But I also feel like, I mean, gaming development in general we're slowly becoming aware of everything that it entails because i think before it was just like that nerdy job that made you money right like any <laughs> development like i i'm in the generation where my parents were like you need to go into computer programming that's where all the money is and so i think mm. and then i think people are like oh i like video games i'll do that and then you went into it and the realization wasn't there about how difficult it is actually is it's not that regular programming isn't difficult burnout is is pretty common just mm -hmm. in general but uh it definitely gets another uh you know any any kind of situation where you're dealing where you're pushing against these like really tight deadlines that's when you're gonna run into trouble and game development is all deadlines because games have to come out on time they do yeah. yes and when you're dealing with something creative like this uh there's no formula that you can just go A, B, C, D, smash it. You know, there's always unexpected things that happen. Um, things don't work. Things need to be redesigned. Um, you know, a myriad of problems that can occur that throw your schedule off. So it's, it's something you have to be flexible, nimble, and able to handle. And sometimes that's difficult when there's money on the line. The money part, the money part, that's probably what, yeah. what makes it the worst right because you you do also have and this is all our unprofessional opinion since we're since we're <laughs> making sure we have disclaimers but uh since we're in a position where there is a lot of money at stake usually in gaming uh, just like any really entertainment industry but it's still an up-and-coming i feel like it's an up-and-coming industry that has to prove itself maybe still in the market mm. if that makes sense yeah like that makes uh, sense. There's not a lot of movies that get delayed, but I feel like they've worked out a lot of the kinks of making movies. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do, although you can see things like, I think Cats is a perfect example of, you know, this. Like, <laughs> What are you talking about? A brilliance <laughs> well, in cinema? <laughs> yes, okay, okay. But I'm somewhere I believe that there was a beautiful movie, Cats, and along the way, its soul got slowly chipped away by producers and you know, various people coming into the process and pushing it and saying, this needs to come out now, this needs to come out now. Because I think you can clearly see that if you're pushing out a movie and then you're patching the movie yeah. the next week because you've forgotten like effects or your audio isn't balanced yeah. or anything like that. I mean, that is clearly a timeline issue. 
And that is something that carries over into all creative things, all things like movies and games. It's all of a parcel, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah. Are there unique challenges that you think are there to game development that aren't there for the rest of the entertainment industry per se? Uh, I think it's still a genre that's struggling to be seen as an art form, okay. uh, something that's really wanting to be taken seriously by everyone. It's not just necessarily a, a thing to unwind with or a thing that's entertaining, but something that has a message to bring, uh, a story to tell, something someone will really be impacted by other than the couple hours that they might want to just you know zone out for. And I think that's a place that games are kind of trying to move into. There's definitely genres that are just for, you know, hey, I just have an hour and yeah. I really just want to have fun. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's also games that are really trying to kind of push the envelope and the medium in itself. And I think that's a place that we're still kind of trying to find our footing in. A really interesting thing that kind of just popped into my brain is the fact that we're probably also like a movie development will take, you know, four, like a good movie development will take like four years. And we're talking about an output that is max two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. Whereas games are like, you know, nine hours. Like I don't, the shortest game that I've played recently was four hours. And that was Gris. Mm -hmm. And oh yeah, Brandon, like Gris? Yeah, Gris was great. <laughs> I was so mad that we didn't get that one. It was one of those uh, Devolver. We were, we're quite close with Devolver as a publisher, and uh, I was personally like, "Oh man, I really wish you could have published that." Yeah, yeah. I love that one. game. It's it was really one. fun. Yeah, and uh, I thought you meant like you couldn't get it. I was like, "It's on sale right now." The Nintendo shop. <laughs> no, you could just no, grab I, it. No, I did get it. It was really good, but like. Again, I mean, I wasn't the best. I'm not the best at games, but it was still like, it's like a four, at least three hour game. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so to compare that like that, and that was like an indie, that that was a small studio that put that together and mm -hmm. they still made something like beautiful and brilliant. And then you have like these multi-million, you know, dollar budget uh, games that struggle to output and they're going to be putting out like 20 plus hours of content. I yeah. think- husband right now is playing through god of war and i think the final tally that we have like research was like 30 plus hours or something yeah i finished yeah. that i made myself finish that over a holiday break awesome. because i've been delaying it and i really it's such a great game and i just yes. had to finish it yes yeah yeah is the end good just tell me if it's good is it good yes 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 it is <laughs> Does the, does so then all of this does this present different issues with community management that because i don't really think movies have community management do they not really um they <laughs> i mean the the studios that put them out obviously have twitter and you know right. will occasionally share things but it's a lot more of a marketing engine than a community i would say right. i mean the fans take that to their own level and handle it all themselves <laughs> they don't they don't need a, a studio provided community manager for sure so in gaming you think like that's is that something that is like you need to have a community manager for for games? Is that keep the like why does that keep the game relevant or what um, is it? Well, I think it's very helpful if you want to have kind of a go between or uh, <laughs> a shield maiden, sir. Between I'm, the, <laughs> I'm sorry, I realized I basically just asked you like, can you tell him? Can you justify your job? To me? <laughs> I'm good with I'm people. Good people, real person. <laughs> No, no. 
I mean, I, I, I do mean like, so what, what about gaming is different that it requires like a community and community management in order for it to be successful? Yeah. Yeah. I think part of it is because uh, movies themselves have that, you know, that moment in time, right? That definitive, we start two hours later, we're done. We're done. Right, maybe right. we'll have another sequel. Maybe we'll have another one after that. Mm -hmm. Games are a lot longer, like you mentioned. Uh, and they tend to have DLC or something that continues. And a lot of the loyalty that people find is to the IP, but it's also to the studio that makes it. And oh. so, okay. so there are people that will buy, you know, every single Ace game that's out there because they love, you know, the way that they see the world. So when you build community, it's generally around a game, but it also has something to do with the publisher as well, um, and obviously the developer. So for that, people are coming together. They want to talk about the, the game. They want to talk about how they felt playing the game. They want to talk about how they couldn't beat this one area and they need help with it. So there's a lot of people coming together around the idea of, you know, we have a thing we need to do, right? Movies, you don't, you just watch them. You don't do anything. In games, you have to accomplish things to get to the end and be successful. Um, so there's that kind of actionable item that comes into games that isn't there in movies. Understood. And so you have to kind of create something around that in order to keep people engaged, in order to keep people playing. Well, people are going to build a community, whether you run it or not. It's going to oh. end up being on Reddit. It's going to be somewhere. Right. So it behooves the people that make the game to, you know, have some control over that and have a place where they can talk directly with the people that are playing their game. Because, you know, that's one iteration on an idea. Later on, they're going to make another one or they're going to add things to this game and they want to know feedback on what people think. So there's a lot of elements, uh, you know, QA, community community support, um, actually building, you know, friendships and relationships and all those things. There's a lot of different elements that come together when you're building that community that aren't necessarily there when you're talking about movies or something else. It sounds like that can spectacularly backfire because it is, it's <laughs> because it's basically saying, okay, we're going to we're going to manage a community as by means uh, in order to market this thing, we are going to create a community around it so that, like you said, so that we can control, right, the mm. a little bit of the output. But that sounds like it could spectacularly backfire if the community doesn't like your game or if it finds an issue in a character in it or if there's a lot of patches that needs to be done. Yeah, so how does that right. work? Well, I mean, you want it to be a positive experience for people. So that's one of the reasons. Um, when you build this community, you're giving a direct connection to the people that are playing it. Obviously, you know, Bob, mysterious Bob, isn't going to be the person that you know, changes the game fundamentally because he's Bob. But if everyone has kind of a group thought about something on why this doesn't work and why this is a problem or why this isn't fun, I mean, that's something you want to hear. No one wants to put something out and have it you know, ill-received because there's some kind of miscommunication on what they were trying to say. So this is a way to have connection with the people that make something that you love. At the same time, you are getting maybe information that you wouldn't have just out there in the world because they're telling you things, they're listening to you. And plus you're with a lot of other people that have similar likes and similar, similar, you know, experiences, you're building friendships, you're building, you know, camaraderie with people that have things in common automatically because you're all doing the same thing. Hmm. Did this kind of come about naturally, like this community management and everything? Did it kind of come about naturally as a result of like how the gaming community works? Like it's kind of, I guess the question is, is it the chicken or the egg first? Like did community management <laughs> come about because people create communities around games 
or do community do people create communities around games and then community management became a way to control that once upon a time there was a little thing called irc okay and all of us got together and talked to all of our friends. I'm, my guess is that probably that's how things started, right? Okay. You're in, you're in a, AIM, you're in IRC, you're talking to your friends. Oh my gosh, hey. Because, you know, it's only been, what, 30 years or something? Right. So games have really been the kind of thing that we're seeing now, you know, mm -hmm. digitally, internet, all that stuff. So I'm sure that people had communities they were building well before games existed. And then that kind of just followed the path of where they were already building them. Hmm. Hmm. It's, it's, this is fascinating to me. I hope I'm not asking questions that everybody's like, we know the answer to that. That's boring. <laughs> Ask your own questions if you think if you think I'm not asking good ones. But I'm really like I'm starting I'm starting from scratch here. It was scratch here because I've not I've not been inspired. There's not been a game that has inspired me to like go into a community and only talk about that game. I guess. Okay. I guess that doesn't particularly happen with me with like movies or TV shows either. Like I'm aware that Reddit R Mandalorian exists, right? <laughs> but I'm not going the to- The Baby Yoda channel. The Baby, really Baby Yoda channel, right? It's the child, excuse me, God. That's how I know that you're not a real Mandalorian fan. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just messing with you. I've only seen one. I, I plan to see the rest. It's just not something that's happened yet. You should. You should. No, it's good. It's good. I don't. Don't let me pretending to make fun of you. Stop you. <laughs> it's okay. You can nerd shaming. It's, uh, it's you know. It's not even nerd shaming because it would be <laughs> embarrassing because the only people who call it the child are Disney, and like so. Oh. If you look up merchandising. Okay. Uh, if you look up merchandising and you go to like the Disney.com, like the Disney store. Yeah. And it's like uh, this character referred to colloquially as Baby Yoda, but actually called the child. I was like, mm -hmm. all right, you can't mm -hmm. clap back in your merchandise description. <laughs> that's an IP issue. That's I understand. I totally yeah. understand where that's coming that's, we, from. We'd like to call it Baby Yoda. But yeah. We can't. Commonly mm -hmm. referred to as Baby Yoda. Like that's, that's all that is. That's like, we're not allowed to say that even though we really want to. So we're just going to say this. This is, this is not my first rodeo in that land. Uh, okay. So what? Oh my gosh. Just all of this. All of this is fascinating to me. Uh, MMOs are probably like what the things are that get most obsessive. I, I can understand that, especially something like uh, like people really feel like they have ownership over things like Overwatch and Apex and uh -huh. like the community really feel, you're, uh huh. Do you want to elaborate on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've had several jobs and one of them was for an MMO mm -hmm. um, in development. And he, that has definitely been the most intense community that I've worked with for sure. Um, even before the game got to beta, it was like, you know, hundreds of people every day coming there talking about things that don't exist for a really long time. Wow. So, so, so like yeah. fan theories on games? Is that what you mean? Or? Um, I just, I would give them some information of uh, a sketch, right? And sure. then it would be like, okay, well, let's take this sketch and then make Dissect a movie. It. And, yeah. Right. Why is it brown? You know, like, like all, right. Uh, right, all right, the right. things. No. You know? uh, and you, then like, yeah. oh, well, where's it going to be used? How does it work with these other races? And oh, oh you know, like this sort of thing. I mean, wow. yeah. Wow. Hey, people are fun. I mean, have you ever seen, um, we, we did Phantom Doctrine, which was 
it was a uh, tactical strategy game okay. and it was about the cold war where you had to like discover these different um secret agent kind of stuff you had to go and discover these different um you know clues and spy things and you're, you're bored with your string and tie all the clues together and stuff people love this stuff like yeah if you if you put something out on reddit that's just like there was one with a bird some kind of a bird call and it said coming in 2020 and people just boards and boards with reddit like rewinding the sound for this and oh here's a secret message and oh wow people just really get into stuff yeah i mean reddit is the place for that though like reddit is <laughs> reddit is the place where you'll watch a video and you'll be like oh this person was a top poster i actually took their picture put it in black and white, flipped it backwards, and then I saw a picture of Satan. And so it's actually just like <laughs> a giant Satanist cult. Yeah, it's not, a, like I'm exaggerating, but also like not really. Not really, but yeah. some of that's great. Some of that's like, you know, I wasn't planning that, but that sounds great. We're yeah. gonna pretend that that was the reason that that happened, just like that. Right, right, that's exactly, yes. You did not read too far into it. That's no. exactly what happened, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Did then do you go back to the developers and go like, all right, everybody, they decided that this person was barefoot as an homage to the Easter bunny. So let's just let's just go with that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or I'll just they'll be like they'll say it and then I'll go ask, you know, hey, why why is this person this way? And then they'll say, like, oh exactly, that's right. And then I'll just tell them and everyone feels really good about themselves. <laughs> I wasn't the person watching the Captain like the first images they came out of the Captain Marvel movie and being like her suit is green and that probably means it's green screen or if it's not green screen then it probably means it's from the past from this episode from this specific comic part and and then from that and then and then her outfit is going to change but why is it not the Captain Marvel outfit right now Wait, did if, she say that to Thor psychically? Is she psychic? Did yeah. we not know that she's psychic? Yeah, she's yeah. definitely. Yeah, in in uh in episode 47 of the 69 red series, she mentions at one point that she really likes the color purple. So that's why they added purple. Wow. Okay. So yeah. this is fandom. This is a perfect example of fandom. Yeah. So, so when fandom. you saw that trailer, you didn't feel the need to like if if there was community set up Oh, I, I was in a community. Yeah, no, okay. I Okay, yeah, so you're in there, right? <laughs> Talking about that? Yeah, That's it was, the same. It's the same it's thing. It's the same thing. It's like, so what nice. joy do you derive from sitting there just going over all of these little things and then finding out later that you were absolutely right? That you were, yeah, and just be like, I know. Just turning around to my, I know. I, I called it. I freaking called <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. It is fun. No, it is fun. All jokes aside, it is incredibly fun. Uh, yes. One of my favorite ideas has been to do something like that with a picture and then actually develop a game around those those theories. Oh, see, that's like a really Ooh. some Alex Jones stuff, but like harmless, a lot less harmless than things he says. So it's okay. Uh, but so, I mean, do you have like a big passion for this? Like what what makes you because I imagine if you're not into the game that this is happening around, I imagine it gets really boring really fast where you're like, no, it's just green i don't know why it's green that was the color <laughs> honestly like i've been i've been in in uh like at work i've been in rooms where they're like oh this can't be purple why can't it be purple because something we made last week was purple mm. oh okay i guess it's green then and and like that's it do you do you like do you have that same enthusiasm for this stuff or is it just kind of a job 
I think some of the games for sure. I am like Transport Fever too. I I'm just really addicted to that game. I don't know why. It's a ma- it's a management sim for transportation. Literally, it's about trains and about no. uh and, and you know just literally transporting goods different places okay. and making sure the towns have the bread they need because I baked it. I freaking baked it and yeah. then I transported it there. Yeah, it's right. got to get from point A to point B somehow. Right. Right. Yeah, I just am really addicted to that game. And there's a number of them that I'm just like Black Future, you know, I, sometimes I really am not good at the game. Like I play it and I'll die and I'm just very bad, but it's still really fun. So do you are... join communities then? Sorry. Sorry. Do I talk to other communities? Yeah. Communities? Do you join like other community? Like, do you join the transfer community? Transfer to talk to... Yeah. No? Yeah. Sometime. I mean, I don't, I'm a lurker. Okay. Like, I don't. I don't talk as much, but you know why? It's because of pure laziness and this is why. So if I'm in like Discord or something and I'm right. logged in under my work Discord, yeah. I am too freaking lazy to log out and to go into another Discord name so that I can actually say something in a Discord that isn't mine because I don't, I can't associate like my business account with, with my personal like obsession with Transformers Fever 2. So okay. I'm just that lazy. I have a solution for you. All of your mm. needs, ready? You create okay. two, so you could create different Chrome profiles. And in one Chrome profile, you sign into Discord with one name. And then the other Chrome profile, you sign into Discord. It would be online only. You could do I do, do have it. this because yeah. I have I have a secret Discord profile. But it doesn't work on my app. Em, I'm just, oh, it doesn't work I'm just on too me. lazy. No, I understand. I Listen, I know all the community <laughs> management you do. And I refuse to let you call yourself lazy, even <laughs> half-ass ironically. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just, it's just not. Like, I heard just four probably stories of, like, things you've worked on. And lazy is, I don't, like, four times the opposite of what you are. But that's a different story. Or different. Yeah, that's true. You could just use it. But it's not the same. You're right. It's, it wouldn't be the same as, like, uh, a yes. phone app or anything. Although my job somehow, I don't have my phone here, but my job somehow created separate profiles of my phone for me. So, like, if I leave my job, they can go in and delete only this profile with all of my work information from it off okay. my phone. I don't know how they did it, but if they did it, somebody else could do it. I'm just putting uh, it out I there. have some tech savvy people in my life. I'll have yeah. to ask about this. Where you this. can like create a separate like instance and it's like a whole separate folder and it's named my after my company. And okay. so like it's a separate instance of Gmail, separate notifications for G- like everything. It's Ooh. basically like a it's the equivalent of like a partition on my phone. That's like for work. OK, like switching accounts on instant messenger or something like yeah, that. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, Got it's it. neat. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, not relevant. <laughs> I'll confess to like because I work in the gaming industry, I don't get a lot of time to play games. Yeah. Like like yeah. if I have to play if I want to play a game like God of War or um, did I just finish? Oh my gosh, it was so good, too. Oh, I'll think of it in a minute. But if I want to play a game, I really have to like make an effort. So if I say I've played a game, that that means I really, really wanted to play it because I don't have like hours. I just sit there and just kill time with. Yeah. So you end up like just doing the cream of the like the top, the tippy top. Right. It was Detroit Become Human. Yes. Oh, that. See, that's one that I haven't committed the time to. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I've heard only really, really good things about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, people, uh, speaking of the TIGs, uh, people keep telling me that I need to play. Uh huh. Hellblade. Hellblade, yeah. And I, like, yeah. that's another one that, like, I want to dedicate a good amount of time to. Yeah. And I actually bought it on Steam while it was on sale mm. for, like, 12 bucks or something absurd. 
Okay. It comes with VR. Do you have? No. I think it comes. I know you, you can play with VR, but you don't have to. Don't, don't, don't. Like, yeah, I, I mean, imagine it's, it's not against the developer, but it's, it would be terrifying. I would right. never. The whole play point that is the VR. character has schizophrenia. Yeah. Like, no. Why would you want to put yourself through that? That's tough enough for somebody. It's seriously, yeah. it's a tough game. Yeah. Um, I don't want to volunteer for that. I'm good. Like, I wouldn't have a depression simulator for anybody. I'm good. I'm good, guys. <laughs> We, well, the new witness me talking about it. That's traumatic. <laughs> that's enough. enough. You, you don't need to play it as well. Yeah. Are you going to play the second one? Because I have mixed feelings. Really? What are your mixed feelings? Tell me. Yeah, they just announced this. Um, I forget was it CES, the second one with the new PlayStation Five. Um, the first one, like it was about her journey and this thing she was struggling with that was part of her while she was attempting to, you know, take back her lovers. Mm-hmm her lover, find her lover, whatever you're going to say that. And it was like she fought against the darkness in herself the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then the second one looked like she was just, had totally succumbed to this and was some kind of like crazy demon like really, like it didn't look like the struggle the first one was. It looked like just oh. a, it was very scary, but it, to me it, it didn't come off like, you know, the heart of it for me was, you know, hey, this is a struggle this person has that they're dealing with while they're trying to achieve other things in life. It didn't come off that way. But um, again, it's one trailer. So it could be completely hmm. misleading. But okay. I, I saw it and I was like, I don't know. What are we doing right now? I just wanted to make sure we step back. What are we doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing right we're, now? We're taking the game. We're taking a trailer, dissecting the moments. And oh my gosh, like... we are. I need to find a community so I can see what they say. Maybe they'll tell me. <laughs> But I like really want to know. I want to know what other people think that have played through the game because I don't have any enough insight. So it sounds like I need to play this. When is it coming out? What is the the release? Like 2022, I think? I didn't, I did not see. It's not anytime soon. Yeah. When is the new PlayStation 5 coming out? Next Christmas? Not this Christmas, the one after that. So I would guess. Is it a a release with the PlayStation, you think? Well, they showed it like at the same Christmas this year. Oh. Oh, I, I could be just just like disseminating false information everywhere. Yeah. But but the, the developer of that game was really, really sensitive. And you could tell that they really yeah. took all the right steps to really address this in a way that hadn't been done before. So I could just be, you know, I'm sure that they're going to take the same kind of responsible decisions that they did for the first one. I'm just scared. I'm always scared by the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, Sinua 2, end of 2020. All right, thank you to Share Zero. Thank you. Ooh. See, I have a great community that gives me feedback. <laughs> see? It's a bit, see? It's a bit I know you don't have to know everything because they'll just help you. They'll just, they'll just help me out. I'll go, that's like how I want to look something up. Sometimes I won't Google it. I'll go on Reddit <laughs> and search and be like, what about, I don't want to know the actual thing. I want to know what people think the thing is. Oh, that's hilarious. It's no, bad. there are so many times where I just, like I'll do something, I'll make something, I'll put something up, whatever. And then I'll find out, you know, from the community, oh, hey, there's an error with this. So this didn't happen this way. Or, hey, did you think about this? Like, oh my gosh. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Like, th- it's nice to have more perspectives. Yes, it is. It is. It is nice. It works. It works both ways. So, uh, so let's, let's, I guess, kind of get back to the subject. I'm going to kind of yes. listen. Sorry. So, no, you're fine. You're fine. So, I keep apologizing. I shouldn't do that. I'm working no, on it. No, I need you to not apologize. I'm working on it. I need you to not, I need you to apologize for apologizing to me right now and then stop apologizing. <laughs> I'm so sorry for being sorry. Sorry, uh, not sorry. Cl- classic, classic. 
Uh, so in terms of community management and mental health in general, and we'll talk about like game development and stuff, but like how, how does mental health and like all this relate to just the gaming industry period? Well, I mean, the people that play are people. And mm. as we've had a number of statistics thrown at us, you know, I wish maybe, you know, a lot better than I do about the number of people that actually suffer from mental illness that yeah. it's a what is it one in three or something it's one in four but it's that's pretty dated so we'll see what the next census says and stuff but one in four i i believe that i one in three i think might be more accurate at this point but okay so obviously you have people that are part of this community and they are struggling with similar things so i think when people join a community if you're really motivated enough to go out and become part of something else that you are interested in you're looking for connection right that's the thing that makes us all motivated to do this i'm looking to reach out to someone else and share something i have to say mm -hmm. or hear something that someone else has to say so that in itself i think is a healthy thing you know even if you're angry and you're reaching out to tell me that my game sucks right um that can also be healthy if it resolves itself in a way that's you know productive well healthy for them it doesn't sound like it's very healthy for you to continue hearing people being like <laughs> you suck because your game sucks like... <laughs> well it, yeah it depends how it's conveyed um but a lot of times <laughs> if that comes my way like you suck because your game sucks it depends on the platform if this is if it's youtube forget it right but <laughs> forget it. Thank you. Just Thank ignored. You. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, if it's something like a Discord or a forum or you know, even sometimes on Twitter, uh, you can actually have a dialogue about that. And then opens up a dialogue like, okay, well, why does my my game like as though I made it and get all the profits from my game? Mm -hmm. Why does my game suck and therefore myself? who really didn't make the game. right? Um, and then, you know, there's a reason like, oh, it crashes every five minutes and, you know, I just can't play it. I'm like, okay, so you're frustrated because you paid money for something right. and it didn't work. Okay, so let's figure out why didn't it work. Well, you haven't updated a driver for 16 months. <laughs> no, right. so that could be part of the problem. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, hey, it works now. Oh man, thanks so much. I really appreciate that. Like, oh, I'm just gonna go play and have a great time now. Like, <laughs> and then never, probably never come back and actually <laughs> tell you that everything's fine because I'm only here to complain. And then once the problem is solved, what am I supposed to complain about? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I hope, and one of my goals is retention, right? Okay, so we talk and you're mad. Hey, make sure you just let us know what you think. And hey, there's other people here that are playing the game. So talk to them and like try to encourage them to not just like smoke bomb and then run. You know? Right, right. Uh, so in terms of your personal mental health and like handling all this, how do you handle it? Because it sounds like constant criticism is being thrown your way, either at you as a person or at you as a person as a result of something that you had nothing to do with or at something that you are responsible for, uh, you know, representing that, you know, you personally don't have much to do with, but professionally you feel ownership for. Like, how do you how do you handle that? Yeah, I mean, if it's somebody coming in and doing something like that, that's how I handle it. Basically try to resolve whatever the issue is. Mm -hmm. um, so you just kind of, kind of keep a separation? Is that, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to take things personally if they're like, you also suck. Right. And and there are times where I'll just, I'll feel bad, you know? I do feel bad sometimes. But there's also times where amazing things happen. And it's like, usually that the way that ends is, Jess, you're amazing. Thanks for helping me. Okay, well, that even That's out, awesome. Right? Yeah, wait, that's awesome. People aren't like not all of them but most people aren't inherently assholes like they're just mad they come in i'm putting that on twitter say. just so you know 
We're not all inherently assholes. Yeah, people are not inherently assholes. They're just mad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely taught me how to communicate better, which doesn't necessarily translate into verbally. So, hey, but written, when it comes to written words, it's taught me a lot just to reread what I write, consider the tone, consider what I'm conveying, be extremely clear, um, you know, all of these things so that my words aren't going to be misinterpreted because I have started, you know, massive forum fights before by saying, you know, something that to me seemed, and I'm not talking about like, oh, you're a jerk. I'm talking like, oh, well, this thing is going to launch at this time rather than like, this will, we're tentatively considering this and we'll let you know more about whatever. Like mm -hmm. very, mm -hmm. very careful to make sure that I'm conveying what I need to say in a way that's crystal clear and there's no misinterpretation. And if someone doesn't like what I'm saying, then that's something else, but it's a skill that's taken a long time to acquire and is a really useful skill. It's a, it's a mediation skill in many ways. Like, yeah, yeah. That is hard though. That, that sounds really hard. And separating yourself professionally from personal is always just difficult yeah. period yeah i mean i don't think you can like everyone yeah. you just can't like <laughs> people say what they say and you know if you care about what you do it's really hard to just not care but i think over time you at least for me i've over time i've learned what a crisis is or what bad is mm -hmm. like personally and professionally i've learned like this is what bad looks like this is a crisis this is a meltdown of epic proportions for you know business versus this is a tiny little annoyance that is not worth my attention so you just now have a perspective enough to know what's a five and what's a ten right Whereas, and i think yeah. when you first start i think everything's a ten right and you need to sort of toughen up enough to understand that this is really not that it is for you, but it, it isn't really that major. And you need the right. perspective of like, okay, well, this is really, really major. And this is not, and understanding that through experience. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That, I, I can see that with a lot of things with, I mean, mental health, uh, even at like in advocacy, like how people reacting to people's situations, like all of that. I can, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Like understanding for someone else that this is major, but for me, it's not, is also important. Like I've learned, you know, okay, well, I couldn't, br I shouldn't brush this off just because for me, this isn't a big deal because it is really for someone else. It's important to someone. Yeah. 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 Um, is there, is there a difference? So have you worked, I, from what I understand, you've worked with like pretty much every kind of team. Is there a difference in how you approach stuff for indie developers versus bigger developers? Yeah, uh, we've had some, when I say indie developers, I mean like, you know, 15 or less crew. Mm -hmm. We've had some developers like that. And then we've had, we did a game for Lionsgate. Oh um, yeah, that's a little bit bigger. And well, so we were still indie developers, like working with an indie developer, but they were making a game for Lionsgate. So that's that's a larger team. That's a different mentality. That's a different sort of experience level. Um, so there's a whole gambit of people that you kind of deal with. but. For us, and this this time I can speak for Good Shepherd and myself sort of making this an important aspect of things, is that I try for sure in our production meetings when we get to the point where we're getting ready to launch a game to have a conversation that gives people a sense of what to expect and how things are gonna feel. 
right? Like, because I think that's a neglected aspect of things. You're going to put this thing that you are really invested in, that you've created and is your baby out into the world. And, you know, some people are going to love it and some people are not going to love it. And you need to be prepared for the emotional ramifications of that. You also need to realize like, okay, stay away from speaking to the press. Do not speak to the press for a while. Let everything do what it does. You know, if you're sad and frustrated or, you know, you're gonna feel empty because you just spent like a year, two years making something and now it's over. Like anytime something's over, it always feels sad. Like even if it, it's like the number one seller in the world, it's still gonna feel sad because it's right. done, right. you know? And that's a feeling you should expect. And then you're going to feel like, okay, well, what now? And there's a lot of things like I try to go over, depending how receptive they are to the conversation. Um, like, hey, you know, and <laughs> you're going to feel mad because people are going to say mean things. Don't respond. You know, like just, just, hey, here's a heads up on how this might go if you haven't done this before or if, you know, everyone's different. But here's what might happen because people have to be prepared. Like this is an emotional journey for indie developers and big boy developers, AAA developers. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Inter- I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's, it's the emotional journey part makes a lot, a lot, a lot of sense. But is it easier with the bigger team? Like, is there any mental health stop gaps in place when it's a bigger team? Anything? Yeah. I think so. Um, if it's a bigger team, or especially like if you're talking AAA, uh, I, I did a series a couple months ago um, on a number of people I interviewed for mental health, from indie indie to AAA, and you can definitely see the difference in how people reacted to a game launch um, based on the size of the company they were working for. Because you know, if you're in a AAA scenario, you've got a layer of marketing, you've got you know your producing layer, you've got your artists, whatever. There's a, a bunch of different tiers between you and the outside world. And you're working with a lot of other people. So it's not quite as much personal responsibility on success because, you know, we did this together, all 40 of us in the art team did this one picture or, you know, all whatever programmed this. Like, even though you might have a section, like it doesn't feel, I don't think maybe as as much responsibility for success if you're working with a lot of other people that can kind of share that load with you and share that like overall we-ness. So when you're looking at indies, it's a little more like, oh, well, I did all the coding and I did all the art and I did the music and everything, everything here is a reflection of me as a person. And if you don't like it, then if you don't like me, yeah, you know, I think there's a lot more of that, like attachment and not as much of a shield or a a veil between you and people that are going to actually say something about what you made. The retention rate, uh, and I hope I don't misquote this, but the retention rate for uh, developers past five years is something like 35%. Like it's something impossibly small, which mm-hmm. is a huge issue, especially because with seniority comes experience and with experience comes, uh, you know, the ability to like bring new ideas to the table without feeling like you have to remake the wheel every time you start a new production. So why do you personally think that that is? What I think that the retention is low. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, is this looking purely at larger studios or how is that? You tell you tell me, actually. Is it worse or do you feel like it's a little bit better in indie studios because kind of people are a little bit closer knit and feel better tied together versus if you're just kind of like a, a cog in a 
in a giant machine that's just churning out these uh, <coughs> Assassin's Creed <coughs> games. Like, <laughs> if you're just, you know, if you're just part, I know I love you. Uh, I, I don't, Ubisoft, Ubisoft, don't, get don't, don't get offended. I love you guys so much. I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, no, no, but I, I do mean like, is it harder in like a team? Yeah, if, if it's a franchise, if you're just, you feel like you're a cog, you're just helping churn out a game that may or may not be liked it doesn't even matter just the fact that you're just a you're you're lost okay going back this question stems from the fact that like I've worked in big companies and I've worked in small companies and I felt a lot more of my impact working in a smaller company and I felt Mm. a lot better psychologically because of that like I can see what I'm doing makes a difference and like in terms of retention I have stayed in a role for way longer in this in the small company I'm working in now than I ever did in a big company. Like in a big company, I bounced around a lot because I was just yeah. trying to find where I could make an impact somehow. But yeah. Okay. I mean, this is the industry that it's changing, but mm-hmm. generally what it has been is you work until you're done, burnt out, and you can't do it anymore. And it's over the game's over and then you start over again with another game and the sort of a cycle of like you know hey here we go you know and it's exhausting it's like mentally and physically exhausting and i think people can't keep burning the candle at both ends forever so it's one of those things like okay i'm gonna do the work to learn the skills that i need to learn to be successful and then i'm gonna move into a position that's not going to be like this so you know I mean, there's money to be made if you're a programmer. Right. It's different if you're not. But, you know, that that's a lot of it's a lot of pressure and a lot of time and a lot of other things. So it's it has traditionally not been an industry that's very good for, you know, a long term solution on how one can live. Do you feel have you I mean, I'm assuming you've heard about the whole cyberpunk controversy that's kind of going on now in the sense of um, so just the, the background is that they've delayed cyberpunk and everybody was like, yay, great. The developers will have less crunch. And then, uh, news came out. They're actually like, no, they're going to be crunching this whole time, just longer. And everybody's like, Ooh, wait, that's sucky. That's really sucky. That's not then delay it more. Like what's going on. Do you have a take on that? I mean, there's a difference between, and there's terminology here that might not come to mind to me, right? Crunch is is actually does have a literal definition and mm-hmm. it's a number of weeks. It's a number of hours. It's like a prolonged period mm-hmm. of just mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. Now there's a difference between if you want to call it a sprint or something like that, where it's right. like, okay, everyone needs to be all hands on deck for a week, a month, whatever, to get this done versus like, this is our culture and this is how we're going to roll where you just better be here. And if you leave for someone else, it's going to negatively affect you. Right. So yeah i mean uh, do do i think that crunch is good no do i think do i think that it you have to take into consideration the fact that okay well games take roughly two years to make um i start a game now and by the time i finish it the engine that i'm working with might look ridiculous like unreal may have come out with an engine that makes everything look like perfect and you know you're right there and so everything I've done for two years is a waste because now my game looks dated and it hasn't even come out yet or you know something will have changed because trends go okay well turn-based strategy is where it's hot and then two years from now oh it's really like RPG and it's you don't know so you can make guesses on things and just roll the dice but speed is a thing because people are competing with other releases that are 
coming and they want to make sure that they're still in a space that they can compete. So it's a really tough thing to really have an answer for. Fair, very fair. That's, that's like the best answer you could have possibly given, I think, considering how, uh, how vague bust my question was. <laughs> so what do you do with all this? How do you, how do you manage your own personal mental health when it comes to, again, being, being, uh, so, and I, and I, you kind of answered this before, so I want to make sure that this question is like different enough. Uh, but basically like, is there something that you do for yourself as a person, as a human in order to be able to like come back? Cause I'm assuming you're still kind of part of the crunch. You're still part of, uh, you know, the process you're still part of, uh, you know, being done with the game, like you kind of talked about it from a third perspective of, of like developers, like they must go through a hard time and it's over and it's sad, but what do you do? So a game has ended or a game is going through a really particularly stressful time. Like what do you do personally in order to keep yourself in this industry? Gotcha. Well, I also like working for small companies and definitely I get bored easily and I don't want to do the same thing every day. So I think smaller companies give you the opportunity to kind of flex in that way. So when I say special ops, it means that I am the artist for our company. It means I am the community manager for our company. I'm the user tester for our company. Um, I'm the social media manager for our company. I'm the person that writes all the things. I update the website. Like there's a lot of things. So I'm never in a position where, and it sounds like, that's not good, but in some ways it is because I can like, like switch gears. If I'm just being overwhelmed by a community at this moment, I can go like, I'm going to do, do the art now, or, you know, I can't fuck this gif, you know, I'm going to go over, <laughs> go over and, you know, do something over here. So that I think is a healthy thing for me to work for a company that lets me do that. Um, I'm also the kind of person that like, I enjoy research on how, physicality and the different kinds of body systems impact impression depression and I'm like okay well yeah, I'm the person that's like taking my adrenal health pill and I've got my turmeric every morning and I'm doing CBD and I'm going to the gym and I'm doing like my meditation I try to do all this stuff because yeah. I'm just like throwing darts at the board hoping that something will you know, be impactful. I think that's how most of us manage our mental health, especially if you have a history of depression, anxiety, whatever. What if you have a history of mental health concerns and you know you have a toolbox built up at this point with all this stuff and you're not feeling well, then yeah, you're just going to throw all the darts at the board and hopefully one lands in the right center. But exactly because should you choose to throw six darts instead of 10, those other four might be the thing that like saved you that day. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the good things about working for a small company, and I work from home, like I work um, remotely, mm-hmm. I can have a day where I'm just like, I can't, I cannot today. I cannot. So I'm going to do the basics of what I need to get done today. And then I'm going to sit here with my blanket and have some tea and I'm not because I can't. So every once in a while that'll happen. And I have it planned sort of into my routine so that I can do that if I need to. That's awesome. So, so that's for me. And also like coming from a place where, let's see how to best say this. Like there was a place that was a, a bad place for me, like rock bottom for me. Like, yeah. like there's a choice. Yeah. You, you know, you get some help or you die. Like that's it. Yeah. Find, find a way. Yeah. So for me, games have really helped because at that point I was playing World of Warcraft and I said like, okay, I, I dove into this, you know, 
I, at that point I had been laid off. So I had some time, but I dove into that and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to just play this all day, every day. And that isn't good. And then I realized like, okay, well, I'm investing so much time into building my character and specking it out properly and getting the right weapons and, you know, getting the right gear and the right, you know, stuff in my bags. And I'm here not putting any of my skill points into myself. Yeah. So yeah. for me, games was a good way for me to look at things and be like, okay, well, this applies in a game and this can apply in real life too. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am the character, <laughs> I am the character. So take some time and allocate stats, bitch, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> so that was kind of a thing that got me out of it. And then if I'm stressed now, I'll play things like, like, I am looking for this person from Tiggs. Like, do you know Tactile? They make Lily's Garden. Sounds it's about little, right. It's a little like app game. Um, but I love this game so much. So if I'm super stressed, I'll sit down and be like, today we're going to garden and we're going to build a shed and then we're going to do this. And it's nice to have like little getaways. Yeah. So yeah, Stardew does that for me. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See? So for me, those are like ways to kind of help deal. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. We do have a few questions, so I'm going to hop into those. Uh, questions. Question number one. Do you think gaming is making people into who they are or someone they are not? Ritzbits. I don't know if you're here to clarify that question, but any kind of clarification would be great because that is a little uh, short on details. But huh? do you think gaming turns people into something else or do you think uh, like gaming... I guess, you know what? I guess I need clarification. Ritzfitz, if you're here, please clar clarify. Do you know how to answer that question? Does that sound like? Yeah, I mean. Okay. I think gaming reflects who you want to be. Okay. So what, if you're in Fortnite and you're just like pawning 11-year-olds because you can, then that kind of reflects who you want to be, <laughs> whether it's in that moment or not. If you're in a game like helping out people or you know, it depends. Like it's a way to express yourself that's outside of the physical that can be the real you. And you can choose who that is. This is something that there's very little consequence to. So it's time to like decide your chaotic good level of what you want to do. So for me, that's what I see when I game with someone. I'm like, well, who are you? Now I can see who you are. Got it. Got it. The next question is, uh, have any of the game houses you've dealt with ever considered putting in moderation teams within the game to deal with overt toxicity? Fortunately for me, that's not been, we have online multiplayer with some of our games, but it's not like a chat mm -hmm. version. Mm -hmm. So I haven't had to do something like that. Um, I think if you're looking at if you want something like that or you're interested in that, I Overwatch has done a really good job with that. I think League of Legends has done a pretty good job where I like Overwatch if you say nasty things about people. It's more like, good game, chap, or whatever it right, says. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, like I think those are better companies to really look at if, you, if you're interested in that kind of tech, which is fascinating. But fortunately for me, like I haven't had to really worry about that as much. Got it, got it, neat. If do you guys have any other questions? Be sure to ask them away because we are coming, we're coming to a close for this lovely, lovely hour. Um, in terms of what do you think that companies can do to make community management and like mental health and community management better? Do you think that companies can kind of step up to the plate and 
bring something else to the table to make game development, community management, like all of those things a little bit less mentally taxing? Or do you just think it's like just the nature of the business? It is what it is. (laughs) I think it would be really great to have, I mean, first of all, understanding that people that are community managers are not professional mental health, um, whatever you want to call it. Does that come up a lot? It it does sometimes. So if someone has, I mean, for me, like it's, the skills that are necessary to be a friend. Like I'll listen to you and right. chat if you want to talk sure. about stuff, that's fine. I will give you whatever support I can and mm-hmm. positivity. But I think putting the onus on a community manager to be, you know, a medical professional isn't fair, but I think it but I think it would be great if we had tools to really, you know, direct someone to and maybe even be a part of the process of handing them off better than just saying like, "Hey, here's an email address." Right. Like I would love to have you know, especially if you're working for a bigger company, like here's a contact within this mental health organization and right. I'm going to connect you like personally right. and then walk away once I've given you to someone that I feel like can handle this better. Can talk to this. Yeah. Can actually yeah. talk through this. Cause I do yeah. feel like it is kind of uh, like, I bump into this a lot where we as like advocates period run into the issue of being like, I, this is over my head and I'm really sorry and your life is very valuable, but here's the National Suicide Hotline. They're going to do a way better job taking care of you. But that still Mm -hmm. feels like, not a cop-out, but that does feel like that's just not, that's not the same. If that was sent to me when I'm in a crisis, like it doesn't, I know that that's not enough. I know that that's not enough to make that person feel better in that moment. But then again, that's probably more about my complex of like wanting to fix everybody. Well, I mean, I think that's a good, it's not a good complex, but it's a good emotional place to be in <laughs> sure. where you want, where you care. And I think there's nothing wrong with feeling that you have completed the task that has been given to you, where you've handed this person off. You you know that they've contacted this person because you were there and you saw it happen and then you walked away. So it's not like you passed them a phone number and maybe they just said, well, the connection that I had with, with M, I don't have that with anyone else. I don't want to call and you know, something awful is going to happen. It would not be your fault if it did, but you know, you, you kind of want the closure there. And I don't think it's wrong for someone that is the community manager for you to also have closure. If someone has opened this up, like there's nothing wrong for your mental health as well. Like you want to know that this is okay, or at least someone's addressing this. And and I think that's fair. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. This was amazing. Do you have any closing remarks? Anything that you're like, people should know this. Are you like, (laughs) people should know this. Oh man. I don't know. I mean, I hope that that was informative in some ways about just the general stuff of community. So, you know, (laughs) I mean, throw a coin to your community manager. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Realize there are people too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, that's, as I I say, I like a lot of things, but like that's, that is invariably important, important. And I feel like, um, the deep, we do have a strong depersonalization issue just between how social media works. And I feel like our brains haven't caught up yet with, I don't see it, therefore it must not be real kind of thing. And uh, I think some of us are there, you know, like some, some of us get it sooner than others. And then other people really take a while and they feel very, like everything is very not personal up until then. So, um, 
Like, you know, this thing that happened recently where, and I'm going to maybe get it wrong. Wasn't it Zelda where there was a cursor left in the image? Did you see this? There was a cursor left in one of the marketing images on the backpack of, I think it was off Link's backpack. Oh no. And the universe exploded, like how lazy they are and how this is reflective of the game's quality and how this is just like an example of the downhill slide of humanity. And I was just Oh God, of course it is. Yeah. This was a screenshot that somebody took and yes, they missed it, right? And it got missed in the team and everybody else. But some person, you know, Jenny there was really proud of her screenshot. Yeah. And super happy that it went out until you guys like ripped her a new one and she's probably crying in the corner. Right. Like, like right. is there no is there no humanity left in right. the world? Right. And we have like, to like so relearn entitled. humanity for people for for the social media age. We have to relearn what it means to talk to people who we can't see that they're still people yeah just because someone is working on a a product that you love doesn't mean that they're not worthy of respect exactly yeah thank you thank you so much (laughs) for being here you've been absolutely incredible thank you for letting me like just drill you down with question for question for question for question. I appreciate you so I hope much. I've kept my job. Uh, I hope so. I mean, I hope so too. We'll find out. I guess call me. If not, I'll have to, I'll have to talk to somebody and be like, no, 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 it's my fault. Please let her keep her job. You did Good a great job. job. You did a fantastic oh, well, thank job. Well, thank you. It's you so been really much. fun being on. Thank you. I think we're in danger of becoming perfectionists and others and not ourselves. We accept others, expect others to be more. That's a really interesting take, Tally. I like that. I like that That's a lot. That's true. Uh, banned. <laughs> well, you, we won't ban you here, so you're fine. But uh, much love to you and everybody. I will talk to you tomorrow. Next week, we are interviewing Tiger, interviewing Tiger Spun uh, about talking about leaving abusive relationships behind. I will talk to you then. Everybody have a wonderful night, and don't forget to, uh, you know what I'm gonna say? Don't forget to toss a coin. Toss a coin to your yeah. local community manager. I love you all so much. Stick around for the host. Bye.